What a joy that the Lord has kept us alive for this day. And we are here not because we are better than those who have fallen asleep this morning. We are here but by the grace of God. And you are here because Lord wanted you to be here. It is not that you have chosen to come in the Bible study, but the Lord brought you here. And that shows me that the Lord has given you the desire of his word. Otherwise, you would be spending time in your house making coffee or putting the last time the dish and all these things. But you're here. That shows that you have a heart to know the truth. It's hard to find people today who have desire to know the Bible. To me, when the seed, that is the word, is in you, who like to grow, and you have a, under God, responsibility to nurture by the Holy Spirit, so you can be equipped, not only that, but you can be conformed into His likeness. Beloved, it is so wonderful. And, and when I think about you every morning, and especially Sunday morning, I, I say, Lord, thank you for those people who have a heart to know your word. And I do humbly pray, Lord, remove all the obstacles from their way so they can come. And when I see you, I say, thank you, Lord, that here you, here you are coming together to know the truth. So wonderful, wonderful. Having said this, let us look to the Lord and ask Him to bless us. Almighty God, our gracious, loving Father, we are very grateful, O God, that you've given us this day in our life where we can come together and worship you. I thank you, Lord, for each person, those who are sitting in your presence under the authority of your word. Dear Heavenly Father, as they have come here, will you please satisfy their desire to know you and they may be conformed in your likeness. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the truth, would illuminate our mind and our heart so we may understand because without you we can't understand, O oh God. In our, in our own way, Lord, we cannot and Lord, your word tells us that without me, you can do nothing. So we lean, O oh God, on you. So please take over and bless thy truth. So we might grow as you expect us to grow. So we may bear the fruit as you expect us to bear the fruit. So the Father will be glorified. O oh Lord, honor thy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Dollar bill. How are you? How is everybody this morning? How is with your soul this morning? How is your soul? Are you refreshed beside the quiet waters? And renew your spirit and strength in God? I hope you had a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord before you came here. 
as I had a wonderful time in the presence of God. What a joy. What a joy. I can't get enough. Can't get enough. Because this is the manna we need to feed ourselves every day. Every day. Every hour. Every minute. Oh, now when the Paul says, be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, may we all be drawn. Okay. What we have done so far, last Lord's Day, we studied the work of Christ, which is very important, work of Christ. And that's what we are learning about the work of Christ. And our theme verse, anybody remember? Our theme verse for the work of Christ. Anyone remember the theme verse? Oh, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. What is the theme verse? First Corinthians 15, verse 3 and 4. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 and 4. Paul writes that I deliver to you unto you first that which I also received that Christ Jesus died for sin according to the scripture and he was buried and rose again according to the scripture. So, in between this, the purpose of God has been manifested that according to the scripture, according to the scripture, he died according to the scripture, he was buried. According to the scripture, he rose again. And according to the scripture, the fourth part is coming back. And that's what we are looking forward. That's what we are looking forward. And we saw last Lord's Day, according to Romans chapter 3, verse 10, 11, and 12, the panorama view of men from heaven, that there is no righteousness, there is no righteous person, there is no who want to understand. Because everybody went on their own way, Isaiah 53. No one seeks for God. And uh, all uh, became unprofitable and no one does good. So, God made a plan. So we may seek Him, that we may understand, that we may come to know who He is, until unless He initiates. So remember, salvation is God's. God's salvation, not my salvation. God initiates. For God so loved, when we were yet sinner, Christ died. Paul writes, God made him who knew no sin to be sinned for us. So this is God's way reaching out to us. That's why Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is not a religion. Religion where man seeking for God. In Christianity, God is seeking for man. Adam, Adam, where are you? I hope Adam will not come. Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam would say, I'm outside distributing the bulletin. But this was the question the Lord asked. You remember? So it was not Adam was searching for God. It was God searching for Adam. So that is what we are looking. And Peter then pointed out so beautifully in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body. Now, if salvation is God's way, then God has planned out for our salvation. 
All of salvation. Peter paints the word. He said, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. So here we have God making plan for us. So not only he paid price for our redemption, but he wants us to do something that we may live a life of righteousness. We are little ambassador of Christ. We are hope of glory for our neighbors, our family members, our loved ones, and all the so forth and so on. Well, so that, so that we saw that last Lord's Day. And we ended up in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. And this is what I want to spend little time. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. And I, would, I don't want you to turn with me because the time is so important for us. Paul writes, I will I read for you. For God, for God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Think for a while. And I want you to understand. I want you to ponder. I want you to meditate. I want you to concentrate on this prayer, the God of this age. Who is the God of the age? Who is the God of this age? Not God of the Bible, is he? Who is God of the age? Or God of this age? Well, there are several verses. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 8, we remember the temptation Jesus faced. And what the tempter said, if you, Satan, the devil, came and he said, if you fall down and worship me, I will give all the splendor and the glory of all. So, devil is the God of the age. Well, what did Jesus say in John chapter 12 and verse uh, 30? The ruler of this age. The God of the age is the ruler of the age. Okay? And then, in uh, uh, John chapter 14 verse 13, Jesus, his own word, for prince of this world. God of this age Prince of, the, prince of the world, and then the ruler of this world, and Satan. All are one and called Satan. Paul writes, the God of this age is the ruler who has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. So this age is talking about, Paul writes, that God of this age, that is, very importantly, listen carefully. What is he talking about? What is the mankind under? That's what Paul is talking about. Under the domain of the ruler of this age. The current world mind set and expressed by the ideals, opinions, goals, hopes, and views of the majority of the people. It includes the world's philosophy, educations, and commerce. Everything under his control. So what we see in America, in the world, is the domain of the ruler of this age. The ruler of this age, Satan then blinds the God's truth through the world system. 
As I say, the world system is opinions of the world, goals of the world, ideals of the world, hopes of the world, the views of the world. The majority of the people include the philosophy, education, and commerce. So, Satan blinds the God's truth through this system. Created without godly, without, no, created. Without godly influence, man leapt to himself to follow the system. Man blindly follow the system of this world without God. Without God. So without godly influence, man left to himself and we f- will follow that system that deepens the moral darkness. Beloved, when we see this America, when we see the world, it is darkened. It seems that that the Lord now has left them alone. And why? I'm going to tell you later on. But this is keeping in mind that without godly influence, man left to himself will follow that system that deepens the moral darkness. Beloved, once upon a time, we were born in this system. We had no desire for God. We, are, we were hated the truth. We were just like what Paul is explaining. The God of this age, the whole philosophy, whole system has blinded our mind and our heart. We had no desire until God quickened our deadness and brought on our knees. And you think about your own loved ones, or your friends or family members and neighbors and your colleagues and all. They are under this influence. Keep that mind once upon a time. By the grace of God, you are out from that, but you were there once. The work of Christ is then to deliver us. The work of Christ is then to deliver us. It is called the depravity of man. Depravity of man that man cannot seek God by himself because they are spiritually dead. When the, when the casket is brought here, people will stand and cry before them. That person has no feelings. It's dead. We are all spiritually Lazarus. Unless Jesus calls our name. Unless Jesus calls out and says, Solomon, come out. You know, I wrote several verses. I want you to just listen. These are so powerful verses. And if you are writing, write down these verses. And in your own leisure time, you can think about that. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9. I don't want you to turn, but listen. Isaiah, prophet Isaiah, commissioned by God to go to the Israelites. And he said, thus says the Lord. He said, whom shall I send? Who will go? Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. And then the Lord said, I'm sending you to the people who are this kind of. Listen to this. And God said to Isaiah, go and tell the people, hear ye indeed, but understand not. And set ye indeed, but perceive not. Here God is telling Isaiah, I'm going to send you, but listen, they're not going to listen. They're not going to listen. 
they are not going to understand i'm getting that just follow very carefully then isaiah 29 verse 10 isaiah verse 29 verse 10 this is what the word says for the lord has poured out on you the spirit of deep sleep and close your eyes namely the prophets your rulers and seers hath he covered them i will explain to you but listen this words that's why i asked you to write down so you can meditate when you go home what the lord had in his heart about his people and then matthew chapter 13 verse 19 matthew chapter 13 verse 19 when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was shown in the in his heart this is the seed by the wayside you remember the lord gave the illustration a parable the sower went all jesus was in the way in, in the mountain side and he saw the sower taking the bag of seeds and scattering the seed keep that mind in picture that's the picture that what jesus is using that and that some some fall on the wayside right wayside someone thorn right someone good ground but the one who's uh, uh, wayside in matthew chapter 13 verse 3 and 4 behold the sower went out to sow and he sowed some seed fell by the wayside and the birds came and devoured devoured well in luke chapter 8 verse 10 write down luke 8:10 and he said to you it has been he said to you that is disciples it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of god but to the rest it has given in the parable because seeing they not see and hearing they may not understand understand so what i'm saying to these all these verses reminds us the solemn warning the solemn warning by the lord when people refuse the truth the then god allows them to seek after their own inclination and gives them to the falsehood this is called the wrath of abandonment this is the wrath of god's abandonment when the truth comes that's why three times in the book of hebrews the right of the hebrew says get this word when you hear the word harder not your heart harder not your heart harder not your heart because that opportunity will never come that never come god's people throughout the history god sent the prophets one after the other one after the other but they hardened their heart what did god do In a, in Genesis chapter six verse three, my spirit will not strive with people all the time. God pleaded in Noah's time, hundred and twenty years. So when God wiped out the whole na- whole race, He was justified for His righteousness. God is patient, compassionate, merciful, but there are times. So so what did Jesus say? in uh, uh, in john chapter 12 verse 35 36 turn with me i want you to li- read that verse john chapter 12 verse 35 36 
John chapter 12, verse 35, 36. This is from the mouth of Jesus. It ought to be something to think about. John chapter 12, verse 35, 36. Thank you. Do you understand the heart of Jesus? He said, little while the light is with you. Believe the light. Follow the light. What happened if they're not? The darkness takes over. What is that? When the darkness takes over, that means God gives them over to their own inclination and damn their own soul because of their own disbelief. It's a solemn warning, friends. It's a solemn warning. That's why the writer of the Hebrews says in chapter 10, verse 31, it is fearful to fall in the hands of the living God. Our God is a savior today and tomorrow he is going to be judged. You cannot mess around. You cannot toy with God. He's a holy God. He's a holy God. You know, in Romans chapter 1, verse 18 to 35, it's so, it's so hard breaking words. And God gave them over. God gave them over. God gave them over. When, 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 the, when, when the God revealed himself in creation, instead of worshiping the creator, they began to worship the creation. God gave them over. God gave them over. It's a heartbreaking worth, my beloved. It's a heartbreaking verse. <clears throat> so here we have that the Lord Jesus told, is, uh, Paul said, the God of this world had blinded the minds of the unbeliever. You know, my friends, I thank God for you. I thank God for you that you heeded his warning and his salvation. And because of it, you are here. So many people, God of this age, the ruler of this world, has blinded. The light came, they rejected the light. Instead of worshiping the creator, they began to worship the creation. Paul cries out for his own people that they had the form of godliness. There was no power. No, no. And then he said that in Romans chapter 9 and verse 10, chapter 9 and chapter 10, he said, I would like to be cursed for my people 
because what God, what God has revealed to them, they, instead of knowing and believing, they wanted to have their own way. Have their own way. And then they damned their own soul. And know when, when God's judgment comes, people then question God rather than asking and seeking their own heart. Where is God? Where is God? He's always there. He's always there. Where are you when God was seeking for you? You're too busy. You're too busy. You're you making your own kingdom. God brought so many things in your life so you can take heed and come to hear his word, but you are too busy. What did you gain? Nothing. What, do, what did you lose? Everything. My beloved, nothing we brought into this world, nothing will take. If anybody would like to take anything, make a big casket so you can take it everything. Not happened. Not happened. Look at the work of Christ. He appeared to destroy the works of devil. If he has appeared and he has done, if, if he has destroyed the works of the devil, why you want to dig out and hang on to that rather than leave it and have a brand new beginning. <clears throat> All right. Whose wrath there are questions I'm going to ask. Now you think about that. And if you want to write down, write down. Whose wrath will the sons of disobedience experience? Whose wrath the sons of disobedience experience? According to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 6, the wrath of God. Oh, beloved, God has a two sides, like a coin has a two sides. One is his love, everlasting love. On one hand, the other hand, the wrath of God. Don't get the shelter under the one side and say, God loves me. Like as universalities, right? Universal. 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 The, the people who believe that everybody will be saved. Universally, everybody will be saved. That is, God loves you, but they do not want to touch the wrath of God. Because, you know, when you talk about the wrath of God, it creates the fear. Second question. Will God tolerate sin? Will God tolerate sin? If he tolerates sin, then he is not holy. 
If he told us sin, then he is not holy. Galatians chapter 3 verse 10, Curse is everyone who does not abide in the things written in the book of the law. As we looked in the lesson, in the, when we are talking about the sovereignty of God and all, God's holiness, keep that in mind, God's holiness demands that we might be conformed into that holiness. Salvation is from sin to righteousness. Okay? Salvation is deliverance from the wrath of God to the love of God. Salvation is from darkness to the marvelous light. Well, God has, God has a standard. When you become the part of this church family, there is a standard you have to follow. No institution, no school, no government without, run without standard or the laws of their own institution. If you don't follow, then you are not part of that group. In race language, I would like to use all the stool, all the tools has rules and regulations how to operate. But if you think that you can independently work, then you might cut your finger. Don't blame the tools because you did not follow. You did not follow. So God's holiness demands that we might be conformed into his holiness. But man, in general, faced with sin nature. And sin nature will be there until the last breath. Then only he will deliver us from that. Right now, we are delivered from the penalty of sin. Every day we are delivered by the power of sin. By the Holy Spirit who indwells in us. But then one day, we will be delivered from the very presence of sin. There will be no more sorrow, no more sin, no more suffering, for the old order things have passed away, and the new order has come. And that's what we are looking for. Right now, God, by His Holy Spirit, who indwells in the believers, delivers us from the power of sin. Let not sin reign in your mortal body. Sin nature is still there. We are still in the planet earth. But one day, we'll be delivered from the very presence of sin. So, the sin nature we face every day, having God as our enemy. When a man who is a sinner without Christ, he's the enemy of God. You say, hold on, pastor. I love God. Yes, you love God. But God is the enemy of you unless you come in his camp. Hard pills to swallow, but it is the truth. James says in chapter 4, verse 4, having God as the enemy. You remember, James says, the, the friends, um, friends of this world is the enemy of God. The friendship with, friendship with the world is the enemy with God. This is not my word. This is God's word. This is God's word and is a subject in the power of Satan, being helpless to save himself when man is under the domain of sin. And you know, my beloved, 
Our friends, our family members, they are under the domain and they do not want to get out unless God, by His mercy, draw them out. Remember, salvation is God's, right? My, not my salvation. It's God's salvation. And being helpless to save himself, God has to do something for him as he did something for us. So mankind sent under the condemnation of God, separated from God. What was the cost of Christ's work for redemption? What was the cost? What was the cost of Christ's redemption for us? Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, He emptied himself for me, so you might be filled with the knowledge of the truth. He made himself of no reputation, so we might be reputed. He came to gutter, so I might be lifted up to glory. That is salvation, my beloved. He emptied himself. He took the form of a born servant, can you imagine? And then he found in the appearance of men. In the new age, everybody wants to become God. <laughs> but in Bible, God became man. He took himself, he took, he, 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 he made himself of no reputation. Friends, this, is, this was our condition and God did it for us. In what way did Jesus humble himself, my friends? In what way did he humble himself? He became the obedient to the death and even death on a cross. My beloved, oh, I every day I thank God. Every day that without shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sin. The soul who sin must die. The wages of sin is death. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked people. Rather than the turn from the wicked ways. How can they hear the truth unless somebody tells. And when the Lord sends somebody, heed the voice of God. Because he, is, he will not strive all the time. He will not strive all the time. What happened to Jesus on, on the earth according to Isaiah 53 verse 3? He was despised and forsaken, a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. For whom? For you and me. A man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. For whom? The children of the dust? Whose day, whose Breath is in nostrils. The children of the dust whose days are numbered. For him, the God of the glory, come into this world, took the form of a bond servant and paid in full for my redemption. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Anybody can dare to die for you, my beloved? Let me ask you. Can you ask your son, can you die for me, son? Dad, I have to leave now. You are about to die, so you go. My Lord died. 
the one who has not seen us, the, the one whom we do not see at this time, has already seen your formation and brought you into this world and died for you. <clears throat> so the forgiveness of sins requires what Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 says, according to the law, one may almost say all things are cleansed with blood and without shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sin. In the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Without shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sin. Even Jesus, you remember in the upper room what did he say? I established the new covenant in my what? Blood? In new covenant, I established, the new covenant I established, he was passing the bread and wine. Remember that. And what did he say? In, in, in the new covenant, I established my, my covenant with the blood in that, that forgiveness of sin. This is my blood which is shed for you for the remission of your sin. Oh, beloved. Do you have enough words to express your gratitude to the Lord Almighty? I don't have. I don't have the words when I kneel down before God. I have no word to express my gratitude. I just found speechless and dumb when I think about what he did. It's not my righteousness. His righteousness imputed in me. Now, I am the child of heaven. I'm going to inherit what he has promised me. He's preparing the place for me. Let not your heart be troubled. What a message. In this troubled world we are living in, the heaven's voice comes let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, you also believe in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. If I prepare, I will come again and receive you unto myself. So where I am, ye may be also. What a privilege. I don't earn. I receive. And it is a gift from God. From God. <clears throat> what price did Christ pay to redeem you? What price did he pay? Blood. Atonement. Atonement. Hebrews, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. What did Christ cry out on the cross? What did he cry out? It is finished, but before that, my God, my God, why thou hast forsaken me? My God, my God, why thou hast forsaken me? Can you imagine the intimacy son and father has for a momentary when the son, sins of the mankind laid on him? Father turned his back. He cried out, my God, my God, why thou hast forsaken me? 
And what did God do to Jesus while he was on the cross? This is something to think about, my beloved. What did God do to Jesus while he was on the cross? Turn on his back. The Lord has caused the iniquity of us all fallen on him. The iniquity fall on him. He turned his back. As Jim reminded us. Turn his back. That's why, beloved, I always say, salvation is not cheap. Do not take it for granted. Salvation is not cheap. The costliest price ever paid for my redemption. You got the paper now. I just want to go through that paper. Just look at that paper. This I handed over to you. This paper. Everybody got the paper? Good. Okay. Jesus Christ, the answer to all man's problem concerning salvation. Christ's work on the cross and the resurrection are the only solution to man's problem. This is why Peter would proclaim of Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 4 verse 12. And there is no salvation. That is, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven. That has been given among men by which we must be saved. Refer to your own answers in the first sections of this lesson and note how Christ is the answer to each man's problem. All right? Let's look at the problem. Man's problem a guilt before God. According to that, not one righteous. According to get none righteous. And what is the solution? Solution in Christ. Through the obedience of the one. The many will be made righteous. Many doesn't mean that everybody. But those who put their trust in him. Romans chapter 5 verse 19. You can, you can look into when you go. This is a good something to think about. You know, this is the panorama view of man, as I told you in the beginning. Romans chapter 3, verse 10, 11, and 12. This is exactly what is given here. No understanding. So the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. No one is seeking God. The Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Well, Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Everybody turn away from God. You were... Straying, but now you have returned to the shepherd. First Peter chapter two verse twenty-five. All have become useless. Oh, beloved! Without Christ, we were all useless. People were trying their works to do good things, but they always fall short. All have come become useless. These qualities render you neither useless nor unfruitful in Christ. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 8. No good works. We are, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Oh friends, let me tell you. Good works 
are the result of my salvation and not the means of my salvation. Get it? The good works are not the result. The good works are not means for salvation, but the fruit of salvation. We are created for good works. We are created for good works. Slavery to sin, Jesus Christ, Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and of death. Romans chapter 8, verse 3. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for good works. Facing death, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Beloved, eternal life does not begin after your breath is gone. Eternal life is begin when you put your trust in Jesus Christ now and now alone. The fulfillment of eternal life will be realized when we see him face to face. John chapter 5 verse 24 very clearly says, He who believes in me, he passed from, life, from death to life. Facing man's problem, they are facing the wrath of God. Beloved, without Christ, people are facing the wrath and one day they will be condemned for eternity in hell. Justified by the blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through come, through, through Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5 verse 9. Oh, what a savior. What a savior. I wish you would love, you, love him more and obey him more. So you be conformed in his likeness that what he desires. Well, that's it for today. And uh, uh, we are lift up the concern for prayer this